And welcome back, everyone, to yet another edition of Going for Two, presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel. I am your host, Matt Brown. I'm the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter and throughout the D1 Ticker family of publications. I'm joined by my colleague, Brian Fisher. Brian, today is a special episode. It is not just another episode, as you, as you mentioned there. It's uh, number one, zero, zero. We have hit triple digits. We are, as I mentioned last week, on in syndication now, if anybody would, would want to pick up the rights to this here podcast. But excited to uh, to hit this milestone with you and uh, to many more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's 100's cool. And, and true, uh, I think, Extra Points fashion. You know, Brian and I, we talked about this a couple of days ago. We're like, oh, we should try to bring in a special guest. We should do something a little bit more introspective. But here's the thing. A bunch of stuff's going on right now, and Brian is trying to edit, I believe, roughly 77 videos from NACTA and still kind of get that out. I'm tracking six different stories at the same time, and we didn't book a special guest. And we figured you, given everything that's happening in college athletics right now, don't want to dedicate any more of your time to to you know us sniffing our own farts. We'll have time to get nostalgic and introspective once we've done more on this show. Just We'll just acknowledge it, hit it now. 100's pretty cool. Hope there's some more to come. It's, it's to a, be fair, to be fair, yeah. we, we do have several guests booked for the, the next like six weeks or so. We, so we, we, we are scheduled out a, a little bit. We just didn't uh, necessarily just get everything caught up for episode 100. But uh, listen, beyond 101 and beyond, we, we got you covered. Um, there's there are a couple of big things that I, I want to make sure that we talk about. Both just a couple of stories that we're working on and other you know, other important you know news stories that that deserve some special attention. There is one in particular. That is, could not be a more extra points kind of story. And it's something that if you don't live where I live, you might have missed it. Brian, I'm sure you know about this. The Big Ten is buying Fogo. This is a big deal. Um, Have you been to that Fogo by chance? I I have not actually eaten at that one, but, uh, you know, it's funny because it, you know. You joked in, in particular, you know, the, the Big Ten is adding Brazil. I mean, this is right up your alley, right? This, this is this is the most Matt Brown story that possibly can be. So uh, we've joked about this before, but in case you're unaware, uh, Big Ten headquarters is in Rosemont, Illinois. It's a suburb of Chicago. It's very close to the city. It's very close to O'Hare Airport. Um, it's basically one gigantic fancy mall. Um, there's like a casino and like an indoor skydiving place and and you know, outlet mall and that kind of thing. But you can get to the headquarters very easily from, from the airport. When you pull into the Big Ten parking lot, and it's a it's a it's a nice, handsome, pretty new building. There's like a, there's a there's a museum on the first floor. It's 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 not extravagant like the Pac-12, but it's a nice building. It literally shares the building, shares the parking lot. They are conjoined at the hip with a Brazilian steakhouse, which is funny because listen, until like a couple of weeks ago, uh, this was still historically and culturally a. Uh, a cornfield conference. Um, I am one of the only Brazilians that's from Ohio, Columbus. There's not even that many here in Chicago. The 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 Big Ten booster Brazilian people—they're all my cousins, like, right? So like, it, it's funny to kind of come in there because what you think of like Rotel and you think of corn-related products and you think of bratwurst. You don't think of feijoada and meat on swords, but it's right there. However, according to our friends here at Cranes Chicago Business. Uh, I guess the city of Rosemont is technically the owner of the Fogo uh, side of the building. They have sold it to the Big Ten for, I believe, $7.3 million, um, which, I mean, I guess that's a lot of money. It's a pretty big restaurant. It's I guess it's pretty important real estate, but um, 
It's not, it's not like the Big Ten's hurting for cash right now. No, certainly not uh, with uh, those media rights negotiations ongoing, continuing the, this week, as, as a matter of fact. So they'll have uh, plenty of leftover you know, pocket change to pay for that uh, $7 million. I'm sure the schools would probably would have liked, you know, another uh, half million in, in their conference distributions. But, uh, hey, uh, office space is, uh, you know, it's not necessarily at a premium right now, uh, given given the, the entire world and, and everything that has been happening. But, um, you know, controlling your own destiny in terms of that own building, I'm, I'm sure there's business sense for, for why it makes uh uh, makes sense for the Big Ten to actually do this. It, it was funny. I was actually joking with somebody that uh, is in the Big Ten office. You know, does this mean we we, we get to eat at Fogo de Chao for free now? I, I was about to say, surely they get some kind of discount if they start catering staff meetings, and that's definitely worth it. You got to think there's there's got to be some sort of arrangement, but apparently I was not the only one to to ask that in, in light of the story. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. You know, I think this is um, you know, an, another business item line in there for for the Big Ten uh, conference office. But, uh, it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I joked on, on on Twitter upon seeing the news that the Pac-12 is getting out of the, the, the office space game. They're, they're getting out of San Francisco. Uh, you know, the, the Big 12, there is a very, very nondescript kind of conference office space. You know, the, the SEC is nothing really to write home about. You know, really, the, the, these conference office meetings are, are, are just for meeting space. You know, it's really just a, a conference room. That, that's all you kind of need. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a big move by the Big 10 that uh, I'm sure that they will uh, have some sort of plans for this. But uh, I would imagine, at least in the near term, that Fogo de Chao is going to stay stay there and, and stay uh, quite uh, at least a, a part of the, the jokes about the Big Ten office. Yeah, I, as of Tuesday evening on the 12th, uh, I, I did send a note around here because I'm also a degenerate. Uh, I, as far as we know, Fogo's not closing. Um, if we get some news, either Brian or I, about whether there are fringe Brazilian cuisine benefits now afforded to Big Ten staffers. I promise you we will address it on going for two or extra points because that is what you pay us for. That's what home field pays us for. Um, you well, know, there's that, a, that there's kind of a Brazil, like down the street from, from the SEC office. So maybe that's oh, what is there, is there really? is. You know, they're, they're going to go after that franchise next or, you know, and, you know whatever, whatever it might be. We, we might see a, a restaurant tour war uh, expanding into and instead of the college football playoff expansion come 2025, 2026. <laughs> it's all about Brazilian steakhouses. Going Listen, forward. if we're going to get into this business, I, one, my, 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 my humble plea would just be, Someone needs to buy office space or lease or include in their in their headquarters a cheaper option. Um, Fogo is wonderful. Texas de Brazil is wonderful. All these steakhouses are wonderful. I love eating a copious amounts of meat off source as much as the next guy. But sometimes you just want pastis. Sometimes you just want some pouch of cage. Sometimes you want something that's not going to be 65 bucks. And um, there aren't a lot of those places in Chicago. I'm, I'm telling you, this, this stuff is good. If you're in the external relations department, the business department, real estate, or everything here, I'm at Matt at ExtraPointsMB.com. Trust me, the guy named Matt Brown does know a little bit about Brazilian food. And listen, the Big Ten's a volleyball conference. Brazil is definitely a volleyball country. The Big Ten cares about women's soccer. Brazil is starting to care about women's soccer. It's a good fit. Clearly, we, we... the a premium on sunshine is, is 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 critical now for other expansion opportunities. Brazil has that in spades. Just that I mean, whole I mean, conference, the whole country. What kind of restaurant would you would you put in there? You're you're taking over as as the Big Ten landlord now, and then you're kicking Fogo out, maybe, and not, not given your Brazilian ties, probably not. But but what would be the most no, big I'm, restaurant I'm, to actually have I, next to the Big Ten office? This is very this is very easy. If you're going to put something in that's actually Big Ten is all hell, you put in a Culver's. That's that's exactly right. You, you put you put in a double decker Culver's. I don't even know what the what the bougie version of that would be. I'm sure there's some place that sells artisanal um, cheese curds. 
Um, I am the I am not the person to talk about what kind of beer you would need other than lots to, to really kind of fit into there. But I, I, I'm not a, I Fogo is one of the few restaurants where I've been in the last four months, honestly, that doesn't that doesn't serve chicken tenders or like grilled cheese. I'm not the guy to, to be giving nightlife <laughs> advice or anything right now because I'm just like, you know, Applebee's, man. I'm, I'm not going to take my kids to Fogo. Given recent expansion, maybe this is where the, the first in and out in the Chicagoland area is, is going to go. Maybe maybe that's the, the, the right. plan here, because that, that, that could definitely get that seven million dollars back pretty quickly if you open an in and out uh, by the Big Ten office there. I That would make my that would make me change my thinking about this move significantly. Um, one of the reasons, of course, that the Big Ten has enough money to start buying up uh, to pivoting to, to restaurant real estate and making a bunch of dumb jokes for sports writers is because this league is about to become even even wealthier. Um, Brian and I, we, we had done some actual reporting uh, a couple of weeks ago. At, you know, it feels like much longer than that about um, what was happening with these with these media rights negotiations and, and what the Big Ten is doing here. Um, our friends at Sports Business Journal uh, published a, a recent update just a couple of days ago. I don't know if this is something that is going to be done by media days, which I think was the hope. Maybe that's probably too ambitious of a timeline, but we're looking at what 1.2 1.3 billion dollars combined for this whole deal people are going to be the, the schools are going to make it just a ton of money huh oh absolutely I, I think the you know there was obviously right when that when it happened you you heard the report out of sbj that apple is back in the in the negotiations I, i'm not quite sure that's the, the case necessarily but look this is um not just in in terms of the big 10 rights increasing grabbing uc usc and ucla but it, you're also taking away from from the pac-12 really um you know taking away huge market out, out west so it's almost like you're, you're damaging one of your competitors that is coming to market after you and it drives up the premium for, for your own rights look you know when you're seeing you know ucla play michigan state and and usc and ohio state and, and usc michigan happen more often you know that, that's just going to be more attractive games there, there's going to be better inventory to sell and uh and and more inventory to, to sell as, as a result of this this move so um, you know, if you're, you're the Big Ten, because of the, the way the rights timing, I mean, it really is, is kind of a perfect storm for them to not only have increased, uh, you know, bids uh, coming around this this week, but uh, increased interest if you're ESPN, which has always been in the mix for, for one of those Big Ten packages. Yeah. Now they might say, you know what, we, it, it's totally worth it to pay another $150 million a year, knowing that we can get, um, you know, a, a second tier Ohio State game or a USC game occasionally, um, because I, I think the conference would like that relationship eventually to to uh, still happen with, with ESPN. I know a lot of uh, 80s are, are hesitant necessarily to sign up for, for a package where they're not on ESPN or, or, yep. or ABC to get that exposure because they know just kind of the, the college football media ecosystem being left out of, of being on a game day, you know, so often, you know, that, no, that nobody gets fired doing a deal with ESPN, whether you're the Big Ten or the Big Sky. There's um, there's there's something to that. It's it's uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, it is it is. um. It's funny. I think that the conventional wisdom two and a half weeks ago would have been, well, these additions make it even more likely that ESPN would not be a part of it. Because now you're seeing this consolidation and solidification of a Fox conference and an ESPN conference. And if you want, you know, Fox wants to, you know, to, to be to really solidify themselves as the bipolar opposite of the power struggle here with ESPN. Why would you share the cream of the crop with 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 your new expansion? even if you're giving them tier two or tier three games with ESPN, right? It's not like there are a lack of other potential partners. I had been hearing that CBS had, had really pushed very hard to, to be a part of this as well as Amazon, but based on the SPJ report and based on some of the other whisperings I've heard too, like I'd, I'm, I would not count ESPN out of this at all. 
which um, I don't know enough if that would be bad news for the Pac-12 or the, or the Big 12 necessarily, but it would probably be a little bit surprising given uh, how it would be pretty easy to kind of draw this narrative and probably one that I've been guilty of, of these are now, this is the United States and Soviet Union. You know, they're not, they're not going to be working together. And, and keep in mind, look, Fox has the majority of the, of the Big Ten, right? So they're going to get your, your Ohio State-Michigan game every year. Like like that necessarily is, is not exactly changing. There's probably going to be three packages coming out of this. There, there's the Fox packages that, that's kind of cemented. And there's probably two more uh, that are likely to emerge out of this. Um, you know, more, yeah. It's kind of taken a couple bids out of this. So you can have that CBS game of the week go to a Big Ten team and have an ESPN or an NBC as a partner as well. And I think that is going to be part of the driving uh, kind of factor in terms of these, these rights negotiations is – not only who are those other partners, but I think the Big Ten would like additional partners, uh, not just Fox and ESPN. I, th- I think they would like to bring in an, a, an Amazon, a CBS and an NBC, you know, really to complement kind of their existing structure and not only get that additional media exposure from from some of those other companies. You know, that, that means not only are you having a, a game televised, uh, likely over broadcast television to uh, a lot of people in, in those major audiences, but you're having NBC Sports and, and CBSSports.com and, and you're having, uh, you know, tailgating uh, focus on, on that game of the week. So there's there's like the ancillary benefits of having multiple media partners. Um, you know, the Big Ten has, has certainly realized that. And I, I think that is going to be a part of these negotiations beyond just that kind of Fox uh, package. But um, you know, the bottom line is, yeah, in adding USC and UCLA to the mix, it has not only increased the, the value significantly uh, when this rights package actually kind of goes goes uh, in into effect in, in 2024 but really it's all about hurting a competitor as well and so i think you got to kind of keep that in mind that the, the tv companies they understand what the pac-12 lost in, in particular and that makes a, a, even more of a premium even though it's just two teams at la it, it, it's a big deal for them it's not just two teams at la it's two teams the one the, the flagship program of this league at least on the football side and the basketball side and the flagship market and the the disproportionate weight that Southern California had for the TV inventory in that league is, is hard to overstate. This is the second biggest television market in the country. I know that markets don't matter quite exactly the same way that they did a decade ago, but there really aren't that many other big cities that really care about football in this footprint. I mean, yes, the Bay Area is, is like the number six market. That's not a good college football market. The 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 level of penetration that you can get, whether that's from Cal. Or Stanford, there's, there's eight Stanford fans. Like that's that's clearly not one, one of the things I, there. Yeah, I, I go back to when when the national title game was was in the Bay Area. There, I mean, it was it was almost just like another weekend there uh, in, in San Jose, and it, it just felt weird, you know, yeah. to have such a massive game between you know Alabama and Clemson. You know, there was a whole lot of hype you know, in the college football ecosystem for the game, but you, you, you walk around town and there was just not really the buzz you know you, you normally associate with the national title game in, in other places, whether it was New Orleans, whether it's you know any Indianapolis last year. I mean, there were there there's some really palpable uh, you kind of on the street uh, feel of, of, Hey, there's, there's a big game in town this week. And uh, there was not, not any of that. Uh, I think in the Bay area, it's nice that the, a game like that does go out to the West coast, but um, you know, you're, you're, you're right. The, the market itself, I, I would say certainly heavily in term tilted towards the NFL and, and baseball. And then, you know, way down in the pecking border is, is Stanford and, and Cal and not to, you know, disparage any of those fans out there it's just like it, it can be difficult to, to get to those games and uh, you know those are smaller fan base I mean Stanford's a, a smaller private school they just do not have uh, the kind of largest fan base that uh, a Wisconsin might have or even a UCLA which is a you know a much bigger school so a huge a huge school so and on that note one of the questions that I've been asked basically every time I do a sports radio hit I've had my readers ask this question it's every third Twitter question right now it's like okay I understand now that the gigantic chunk 
of the Pac-12's TV valuation just walked out the door. And the Big 12 or Big 12's leadership is making it known uh, via uh, other news stories that they're being very aggressive and they want to take some of these teams. So why hasn't anything happened yet? No other, no other team has a power five team has changed conferences, nor to the best of any of our knowledge is anybody especially close to, to changing a conference right now. What I would want to convey uh, for anybody that's, if you're a Colorado fan or a Utah fan and you're feeling very nervous, or if you're a Washington fan and you're feeling very nervous or a big 12 fan who after the world kind of left you for dead last summer. Now, kind of like the idea of, of feeling that you have a little bit more power and, and you want to go kneecap somebody. What I can tell you from what I have been hearing from the last week and a half or so is that it's not a surprise. You're not hearing nothing big's happening. And quite frankly, it would be a surprise if something big happened in the next month, if not a little bit longer. A big part of that, forgive me if I dug into this on the last show, is people need time to digest the data and what we saw over the, like you know very quickly after uh UC, usc and ucla left pac-12 says okay we're gonna we're gonna get into a our formal negotiating period here uh yeah, i think espn has the first crack at at, at the media rights we want to get some valuation deals we want to look at a potential partnership with the acc those ad's and those presidents need to know the tv numbers Folks in the Big 12 need to know the potential TV numbers as they go to market in a little bit. And not just one set of numbers, but five or six potential scenarios or variations. Nobody's going to make a decision until they've had a chance to really get in the weeds with that data, get it vetted by their attorneys, get it vetted by outside consultants, and then have the next step. Um, that is literally not something that gets turned around in six hours or six days. Um, and so especially given that people are out of town or, or kind of just getting back into the office and everything that I, 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 my best reporting would be that's where we are right now. And there's not a gigantic outside push to do something tomorrow when that data is going to be the exact same data, August 15th. That, that drives what you've been hearing too. Yeah. I think there's kind of three, three parallel tracks here that are, are obviously slowly, slowly progressing. You, you obviously have the, the big 12 and, and what they want to do. And I, I think to, to be fair, you know, Brett Yormark, the, the new commissioner taking over, not, not even officially right now, you know, wants to be aggressive. That's just kind of in his nature. Um, you know, have there been conversations between various schools? Sure. You know, there, there's kind of a filling out period, but look, you know, Fox and ESPN are kind of in that exclusive negotiating window for the Pac-12, and they're kind of going through that rights, figuring out what this is going to mean for them, really getting some of those hard numbers from from the TV networks in terms of what they're looking at. Um, you know, that is that is kind of first and foremost. Let's let's get kind of the 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 feel from from the media companies and in terms of what we can expect from from the Pac-12 side. Obviously, the Big 12 is coming to market a little bit later, but they could trigger that if they ended up expanding, yada yada. Yeah, and and then I think the the big kind of chess piece is is out there in the entrepreneur. Dame. Everybody wants to know, well, what is what's going to happen with the Irish? They're going to sit pat. Um, you know, they, they certainly have the luxury of time and uh, the ability to just kind of stick it out and, and go independent. But I think I think there is some increasing pressure, I, I think, internally in, in, in terms of that athletic department, looking at things a, a little bit more closely about maybe casting off that that independence i i don't think there's a rush to make that decision certainly but i think there's a little bit more openness i think coming out of south bend it's funny because a lot of ad's are actually there uh, in, in south bend as part of a, a lead one conference uh, this week so uh there's a big focus on notre dame in terms of the industry and the industry is actually there right now so uh there is that kind of aspect of things and and, and i think third you know what is the college football playoff going to look like i think that is kind of That's sitting in the background the biggest thing 
And uh, obviously those, those media companies are understanding that there's going to be some sort of expansion. I don't think anybody thinks we're, we're going to be sticking at, at four. We could have different iterations. We could go to six. We could go to eight. We could go to 12. You know, just uh, I think the, there is certainly a blank slate in terms of what the ultimate result is going to be. Um, but, you know, there, there's there's going to be a new postseason structure. There's going to be a new postseason, postseason TV deal that, that is coming. So uh, how that all shapes up, what kind of auto bids might be out there, what kind of conference access is, is going to be a, a part of things. That, that's all going to get uh, taken care of really over the next probably eight to 12 months. And look, that, that is a huge factor in terms of whether the, the PAC 10 uh, as, as it's currently constructed could move forward as, as an entity and, and, and say, you know what, we could be comfortable. Yeah. We're, we're not going to get maybe close to what the, uh, the big 10 and the SEC are, are getting in terms of media rights, but we would still have playoff access and then we would still be fine in terms of being together as, as a league and with, with a lot of uh, teams and, and universities that have, have been together for decades, you know, at, at this point. So I, I think there's kind of those, those three tracks in terms of TV negotiations going on already with uh, not only the big 10, but the PAC 12, uh, you, you have this college football playoffs sitting kind of behind everything. And then what, what's happening with Notre Dame. So I think that's slowed the process down. And, and frankly, everybody's still digesting this, this massive, massive move. Like it, it's USC and you like going to the big 10, it just caught everybody by surprise. So now you kind of have an, Having to re-examine everything as well. Yeah. One thing that you don't need time to re-examine to determine whether it really makes sense is buying stuff from homefieldapparel.com, the flagship sponsor of this podcast, this program, a great friend, the D1 Ticker Extended Universe. Our friends at Home Field Apparel have just released their Oklahoma collection, which has excellent shirts for softball and basketball. It, It fits what has been my core principle in deciding whether a vintage t-shirt collection is worth spending money on. And that, that is, are there animals playing sports brother for Oklahoma? We got some animals playing sports. Uh, we are going to have the Kansas state collection drop this week. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance. There's going to be some animals playing sports in that one. There's going to be at least one very big broad national brand that will drop at the end of this big new season too. Can't tell exactly which one it is yet, but um, I don't and I don't know if there's going to be any animals playing sports in that one. But you should buy that one, and you should buy the ones that are coming out here this week as well. It's the most they're, it's the most comfortable apparel. It's the most unique apparel. It's going to be a great conversation piece whenever you go to the bar or a party. And when you buy some stuff on Home Field, use our promo code Extra Points to save fifteen percent off that order. That saves you money. That gives us money which we then use to buy stuff at home field, which is the foundation of how the economy works. Um, I think also just very quickly add, of course, if you are an athletic director, I had two people reach out to me over the last week and a half asking to be put in touch with home field, Matt at extrapointsmb.com. I'm happy to make that introduction. Um, I feel like there was something else home field adjacent that I wanted to mention here and it just flew out of my head. I, I, I was looking at the Oklahoma designs and clearly that ruined whatever sense of serious professional segue that I had here because it's got animals playing sports. Oh, I, I, I that's it. Um, I can't mention this too, but I was doing a bunch of foil work for um, to track down some EA sports college football stuff that I'm going to be updating next week. And I found not one, but two schools that will also be adding uh, campaigns with home field apparel. They're both in the G five. They're they're uh, they're both coming this football season. Uh, I do not believe I am authorized to tell you what they are right now, but it, it is pretty. It was pretty funny. Um, so sorry about that, Connor. 
No worries. No worries. It, you know, it, it's all good. As, as long as we're getting more schools signed up for home field. I mean, yeah. it, it was great this, this past collection in, in terms of Oklahoma. My sister went to OU, so it's like uh, I at least have some stuff in my back pocket for birthdays and uh, Christmas and all that. Uh, that is certainly all taken care of. Thanks to our friends at home field, but uh, some, some great designs on the way, as you mentioned, uh, not only just the, the big schools like Kansas State coming up, but uh, I think that throughout the year, you know, it's, it's, it's always a constant refresh to even even some of the past schools always get some new designs. And so it's uh, you got to constantly kind of get on there and check it around and uh, make sure you use that uh, promo code extra points. There is one last thing I wanted to talk about a little bit here before before we wrapped up. Um, I have been working on a bunch of different stories right now, trying to better understand some of the travel and logistical considerations that come with expanding a conference all the way across the dang country. I want to really get in the weeds, understand what it means to fly people uh, across the country, not just football team players, but everybody. I want to understand what that means for missing class. I want to understand what that means for driving the equipment truck. I want to understand all of those components. And so I have... Uh, I reached out actually to UCLA among a bunch of other schools and a bunch of other people here over the last 10 days. And um, one of those stories will publish on Extra Points Wednesday morning. That's going to be it's a paywall one, which you have to do because we got to eat around here. Uh, but that was digging into California's uh, uh, state travel ban. Uh, there's California state government uh, as a way to, to, I think, to, to demonstrate that they're opposed to. Uh, legislation that's been passed across the country that they perceive as anti-LGTPQ community or anti-trans community. So like, hey, can't use California state resources to travel to Texas or Montana or Idaho or now three different teams in the Big Ten footprint, Iowa, Indiana, and Ohio. And the way things are going here, probably Nebraska, I would imagine in the near future too, given how ruby red that state is. Uh, So I wanted to know like, what does that mean for joining a conference that is now in those states? Uh, and, and there's I, I got into the weeds about there. But UCLA shared a, a little bit of other information here with me that uh, I, I'm happy to, um, to to pass along here a little bit. Um, as far as travel is concerned, a uh, UCLA spokesperson said, like, uh, I want to get the exact quote here. We are mindful that a mostly East Coast conference schedule would impact our student athletes in other ways, such as travel time. But we intend to reduce any such burdens with creative scheduling and using increased athletic resources to provide faster and more efficient transportation options. We also anticipate our road game times to be more friendly times for our West Coast family and uh, family and fans, ensuring more visibility for our storied programs. So I think there's a little bit of news in that. I don't think anybody from either school or for the Big Ten has said anything definitive about start times. Um, this would seem to make make you think that you're, they're not going to be playing um, I, mean, I mean like if it's going to be you know family friendly for west coast that would make me think you're not playing ucla and usc home games i mean road games at noon eastern um but that's also part of the reason you do this right i mean that makes it easier for jet lag and you play those games a little bit later on in the day uh that helps usc and ucla's television exposure in some way but if you know if it's, if it's prime time on the east it's the same thing as playing at 3.30 in the West, which is what you've been doing anyway. Balancing those demands between what Fox wants, what Maryland wants, because I'm sure Maryland would love to host USC at noon and kick them, beat them up when they're all jet-lagged to hell, and what now UCLA is very clearly signaling they want, that's going to be challenging. I would love to know what kind of uh, guarantees the Big Ten had to make in order to make this happen, um, given what I'm sure – will be other constituent groups pushing for. 
why I, th- I think that was part of the planning on on behalf of USC and UCLA's um, you know move to to join the conference. But uh, honestly, this is kind of come together so so quickly. And as part of the media rights negotiations, you really don't know in, in terms of the actual TV packages what what might be divvied up, not just in football but men's basketball, women's basketball. Olympic sports that, that are going to be uh, televised as well. You know what? There's, there's, there's a lot of TV windows that, that are available for a lot of this. And I think exposure, you know, you mentioned the UCLA uh, line there. I think they're, they're going to be playing a little bit more of those 330 Eastern games, um, you know, which is not really a, a big Pac-12 yeah. window right now. You know, like you'll, you'll get a, an occasional game like that uh, or or at Fox on, on, the, on the 4 p.m. one, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. But, uh, you know, the Pac-12 teams just do not get a ton of those. That, that's been a point of contention. For a lot of folks around the, the conference footprint in terms of uh, they really have not gotten that exposure. That, that is a big TV window. Um, you know, I, I would imagine given if, uh, you know, CBS ends up or CBS or NBC, you know, end up uh, getting a, a 330 slot to the Big Ten, that, that would be another opportunity to showcase those games of, of USC and UCLA in windows. They really have not kind of gotten that East Coast exposure. And uh, you, you got to understand uh, on the flip side as well. Um, th- th- there's only two of these schools, you know, like, like the, the amount of yeah. travel, it's only the, those two schools, but it does impact the rest of the league. You know, you're talking about Penn state going West. You're talking about uh, Maryland going West. It's not just USC and UCLA hopping on a plane. You know, you got to worry about uh, people going East and then kind of coming back and, and maybe taking a lot of red eyes. And so um, this, this is going to be a conference wide issue. I think they, they are going to study it uh, a little bit more over the coming months and, and years uh, before they ultimately had to you know plug in that uh, conference schedule. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think this is not necessarily a huge issue for football because you can go in on Thursday, uh, you know, kind of get used to things a little bit. That's generally how teams are, are going to do that now. Anyway, if it's a non-conference game on the East Coast, you'll go in a little bit early uh, compared to you know, your normal Friday routine and and uh, kind of get used to things that way. I, I, I doubt they're going to be playing a whole lot of those big noon games. Um, we, we've already heard uh, you know the the old body clock issue the, when Stanford played Northwestern back in the day. Yeah, that's. I have learned that's not a meme, and I I definitely got some jokes off about the whole body clock thing. And then you know it was last week when we, we well, at extra points we published a story that was you know with, with an academic report out of Bowling Green and a couple of other colleges where they interviewed athletes and actually looked at that literature. And then I felt kind of bad because they're like, no, actually, one athletes definitely believe that this matters, and that they if you're on a, a plane for four for four hours, your legs get heavy. But that literally like medical science says like being jet lagged going west to east, you need like a whole day to acclimate for every hour. And even coming in on Thursday isn't totally enough. And that that's a big shock. Um, it wasn't surprising that Stanford lost to a pretty lousy Northwestern team in, 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 in that window. And, and that is like just from a performance issue, setting aside academics for a second or personal relationships or any and anything that, you know, about the people's individual identities, just in terms of producing the best possible athletic product. I don't know how to completely resolve that. It, it seems like that's that is going to be a pretty big East Coast advantage for, for those programs when they get the L.A. schools. Well, it's not just football. Like I, I think course. that is where the, the crux of the matter is. It is basketball where you might be playing a, a Wednesday game and then you end up on a, on a Saturday or Sunday. So are you spending like a, basically an entire week in LA if you're Maryland going going west? You know, like there, there's that, that kind of aspect. Are you going to have to try to maybe squeeze in an extra game if you're USC going 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 east? You know, you you play maybe a, a Monday, Wednesday, Saturday or something like that. That that's that's a lot of you know basketball or or volleyball or something like that. 
can they, can they do things to kind of make that, make that easier where you're staying out like the NFL, you know, you'll see some West coast NFL teams, you know, a lot of times they'll just stay on, on the East coast. If they end up having back-to-back games, you know, the, the entire week of it. So that, that could be a possibility as well. Yeah. I have been told that that isn't something that typically happens for schools on the mainland, whether that's for NCAA reasons, academic reasons, or financial reasons, that could be one thing. The thing that I, and I think we talked about this before, and I'm still working through it because I've talked to a couple of West coast schools and I'm hoping to get a few more so I can write the full story. I'm trying to better understand about what the creative travel looks like, right? We've talked about, yeah, this probably means chartering, which, which definitely does save you. And you, you look at my mentions over the last you know, day since I shared this quote, this idea of you can't make the country smaller and you can't move some of the some of these campuses. And obviously we're not we're not we're not you know, there's everyone's making their jokes off right now about about teleporting, which I mean, look, UCLA is a great school. So maybe but like you pro- probably not. I would really love to hear Kevin Warren or Martin Jarman or even more of these dobos because the, the 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 people at, at the big 10 schools and certainly in los angeles they're they're shutting up about this right now to talk about getting really in the weeds about what that looks like for football i don't really care that much like and it's not i mean obviously that like that's important but we're looking at five road games a year um maybe the, each la school might actually only go to the eastern time zone like once a season most of these games are in central which is still a big deal not quite as big of a deal I am way more concerned about this for basketball and baseball and soccer and, 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 and some of these other sports. And I, this is not me being overly critical. Like I know what this looks like and we can all make the assumptions about what it typically looks like, but I want to keep an open mind about maybe there are solutions here that I'm unaware of because I've never been a Dobo. Adobo is a director of operations, like the, the kind of people that book all this travel and manage all this stuff before. So I'm still working on it. If you know the answer, Matt at extrapointsmb.com. I would love to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, even uh, as, as somebody who's lived in Los Angeles for uh, you know almost almost two decades, I mean, it, going east is it, it's a tough trip. You know that that LA to New York flight that that's a long flight. You know, like I, I, I can't even imagine just doing that on a more regular basis. Just the, the toll it takes. You know, and I, I was only doing it maybe like once a month, like to, to do it a couple times a month. You know, like. That's tough, especially if you're like leaving after a game, you know, if, if, if you end up playing a, a a Big Ten team and then that's a 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff. And, yeah. you know, it, it just it just is it is tough. And I mean, ask ask any of these programs. UCLA has has a great sports science, you know, like especially on the football side. Like that has been a big thing about Chip Kelly. What is key to that? Sleep. You know, and, and so um, whether that is right. And eating right uh, and eating well, uh, if, if you uh, would. <laughs> yeah, those, not, uh, not, eating, not eating cheaply. Yeah. No, but so, but I mean, like it, it, it's a huge deal. And this is there are going to be performance impacts um, from the Olympic sports. Let, let, let's face it. Uh, that is a big deal for both USC and UCLA because they have, um, you know, premium softball programs, premium soccer programs, premium baseball programs. Like, this is a big deal for them uh, because those are those are national title contenders in, in a lot of those um, you know Olympic sports and uh, USC UCLA they don't want to see the the performance suffer just uh, just from conference play because that can end up costing you a tournament experience uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten manages 
from what I've been told, that will be addressed a little bit, or at least we, we might get us some additional information. Um, I'm sure Kevin Warren will at least be asked about it in terms of Big Ten Media Days coming up around the corner. So yeah, um, I, I'm I might sure be there. I'll, I'll ask him if, I, if I'm if I, I got a lot of things I want to ask Kevin. Yeah, Warren. I was going to say here yeah. you you can get in line because uh, yeah. the amount of uh, conversations that uh, Kevin Warren's going to have in Indianapolis there for uh, Media Days. I mean, it, even even Big Twelve Media Days. I mean, there there's no shortage of talking points at, at any of these Media Days. It is talking season. Plenty to talk about right now with with college football media days upon us, man. Oh, and you know what? I don't know about you, Brian. I have done very little reading over the past three months about actual football. I was joking about this with one of my reporter buddies earlier today. Uh, you know about actual talking ball stuff, and I'm like, I don't know anything about Wake Forest. I don't know anything about Kansas State. I don't know who you know what's being returned in some of these places. Like I know Alabama is going to be really good. I know Ohio State's going to be really good. Don't know if they can stop anybody, but I know they're going to score a gajillion points. And uh, I think Georgia will probably not be quite as good. But in terms of like my level of football knowledge compared to where it normally is in mid-July is way worse this year. And I, you know, part of that is just because of my job has evolved and extra points has evolved. But there's just been so much energy on this other stuff. Uh, and and typically, the media day season is kind of to talk through that. So let, let me kind of end up on this actually to kind of let you the listener know what to expect for the next couple of weeks. Um, throughout July, we have a couple of episodes with some guests. Uh, we have some who, who have written exciting books that they want to talk about, who are, are working on exciting projects within college athletics that they want to talk about. Uh, Brian and I are also doing a little bit of travel uh, in, in July, but, there, but the, you will definitely have at least one episode, if not more a week uh, throughout July. In August, we want to, we want to, uh, right in the beginning of August, we want to replicate something that we did last year where these you know, actually performed pretty well um, and bring on, bring in some experts to help preview some of these conferences, right? Where they're not going to be here to, to tell you who's going to finish fourth in the big 12. These are typically to talk about major storylines, talk about major administrators to watch uh, what's going on with presidents and ADs, coaching changes, you know, big existential program questions, but there's going to be several of those podcasts for the major conferences, FCS. If we can find a good division two or division three expert, I'll be happy to bring them board there too. So you, you may see a spatter a more podcast than you're used to in the beginning of August as we shift from just pure administrator talk into a little bit of talking ball and getting ready for the season. So you'll have lots to look forward to for your long drives, your vacations and everything here at the end of uh, July and the beginning of August. In the meantime, Brian has produced a gajillion videos on Collegiate Sports Connect. I'm not just saying this to be a company man. There is, there's great information there. A ton of uh, administrator, uh, coach, and industry interviews from NACTA, including I, Brian had a, a really super fascinating one about some of the early origins about the Longhorn Network that you can find there. We've got some stuff with the head of the CLC. If you're a video game aficionado, Collegiate Sports Connect is completely free. If you're in the industry, it's a no-brainer. you got to sign up. If you're not in the industry – but you're interested in this stuff, which I know you are because you spent 40 minutes listening to us, you should still set up an account. You can find all those videos there. And you can, of course, also find what we're doing on Extra Points at extrapointsmb.com. Did I get everything? 
I, I think so. If you, again, if you haven't signed up for the D1 ticker as well, you know, that's a, another place to go for the latest in terms of the headlines uh, coming up fast and furious, not only during talking season here with all those media days, but conference realignment, media days, all, you know, media, media deals, uh, the, the whole wide gamut. I mean, that, that'll all be covered in, in the D1 ticker. And you're right, Collegiate Sports Connect, if you're somebody young trying to break into the industry or, or you want a job in college athletics, you know, go ahead and sign up because, you know, ADs are out there. They're, they're looking, they're, they're, they're signing up people uh, that who they, who whose profiles they see on, on Collegiate Sports Connect. Just uh, so somebody yeah. got hired off of there the other day. So like it, it is a big there. It is, it is a big thing not only to have um, your, your profile on there so you can see some of the great content that, that we're producing, but also uh, if, if you want to break into the industry, if you want to, uh, you know, get yourself hired uh, by, by some of these athletic departments that are looking for a lot of people uh, right now. I think that is uh, something a lot of people are dealing with just in terms of the industry itself. You know, there, there's a lot of open jobs right now and uh, they, they want great candidates. And whether you're inside college athletics or not, uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different, uh, there, there's a little bit, uh, uh, probably a, a gig for everybody. And so uh, Collegiate Sports Connect is, is a great way to kind of get your foot in the door for sure. And in addition to all that great content that uh, you mentioned, I mean, there's, there are some, uh, some, some, Interview still coming out from from our uh, conversations at NACTA, but uh, we on, on a daily basis, you know, we're we're still talking with industry leaders. We're we're talking about travel at, at UCLA. We're talking about um, you know the the latest in terms of uh, realignment. We're talking about uh, NFTs, and uh, you know we're just trying to book uh, a couple people uh, in regard to like marketing opportunities. So a uh, whole lot on there, and I think uh, the the easiest way to not only sign up for that, but sign up for D1 Ticker and uh, make sure you're following along. Uh, everyone, thank you, especially junior level positions. This is a LinkedIn for the college sports industry. If you are looking to break into this world or shift into it, you're going to find a ton of jobs on there. In the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. We've got some editing to do. Lord knows we got a bunch more phone calls to make here over the next uh, 48 hours to track down some more of this news. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Here's hoping for another 100. We'll catch up with you all later.